The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician trained in Britain and living in Canada. Since retiring from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving which explains the name of the show, Family Caregivers Unite. Now, our topic today is what I have learned from and about family caregivers and family caregiving, listening to all the wonderful people who've been guests in the first episodes, the first 50 episodes of Family Caregivers Unite. Uh, I'm going to ask myself how I intend to apply what I've learned so I can be more helpful to family caregivers and family caregiving. Now, I have to admit that I spent a lot of my life teaching in universities where I was teaching other people. Um, I wasn't too concerned about what I was learning. So today is a role reversal for me. I'm going to try and answer the question, what I've learned. Now, some of the things I've learned about are the challenges for family caregivers, the successes for family caregivers, what family caregiving actually involves, how family caregivers help other family caregivers, particular types of help that's available for family caregivers, and the influence of family caregivers on things like public policy and the rest of it. So let me start by talking about the challenges for family caregivers. And the first that I hear a lot of is money. Um, Family caregiving can be very costly in all kinds of ways. Uh, for example, you may have to, a family caregiver may have to give up a job, um, may have to draw on savings, uh, may be involved in considerable extra and sometimes unplanned expense. And so it can be very tough. Yet on the other side of that is the point that family caregivers collectively through all their unpaid efforts and work, subsidize healthcare systems to the tune of billions and billions of dollars. Now, a question of money too, but more than money, it's services, is what will happen to my child, my child with a disability, after I've gone? Um, another is a question, another financial one is a question of is there any kind of insurance that would help me, long-term care insurance, or am I too late? Uh, what are the things that I can look to for help with my family caregiving? Um, then there's the puzzle that family caregivers have when they hear about the latest research. 
you know, there's been this announcement all over the place about such and so cure somewhere else for a particular disease or a relief for a disease. And family caregivers often are in the situation of wondering what to do for the best for their family members. That's a challenge. Then there's the challenge of navigating what's called the elder care system. Um, in North America, it's, there's a lot of elder caring. It's a complicated system to find your way through, especially if you're a family caregiver for whom family caregiving has arrived suddenly. It's a, suddenly on, on your plate, on the table in front of you, and it's difficult to know where to turn first. That's a challenge for family caregivers. Then there's the challenge of what's called double-duty family caregiving. Um, and that's where, first of all, in healthcare, people like nurses and physicians and others um, are on formal healthcare duty during the day. And then during the night, over the weekend, they go home and become family caregivers doing the same kind of duty that they did when they were on duty. And that blurring of boundaries has a lot of effect on the individual family caregiver in this situation, not least the exhaustion that they have and their sense of difficulty struggling with the very system that they work in. Then there's the question of Family caregiver burnout. Uh, it's tough work is family caregiving. That becomes very, very clear. Um, burnout is where you just get tired, tired, exhausted, morale, you know, sinks. You wonder if you're winning. And that's the kind of thing that um, family caregivers will often talk about and it's complicated because the sense of duty that family caregivers have, which is very real, it's a sense of I owe it to my parent or to my child to do everything I possibly can to help in the what I call the unfairness of nature in the way that healthcare problems arise. Um, the, the family caregiver feels driven. Problem is that they drive themselves to the point where they literally do burn out or their own health fails. Um, and when their health fails, of course, in that way, they are actually letting the down, the very family member that they are so, so much wanting to help. Now, let's talk about the other side of the coin, the successes for family caregivers. Um, there's the Amer America's Family Caregiver Award, um, which we've listened to twice on Family Caregivers Unite. And those are, those are inspiring stories of Americans who have given so much in family caregiving um, that they have been recognized by an award. And I will be very honest with you and say that I want to see something like that done in Canada because I think it's long past time that family caregivers do get the recognition of that nature uh, of the work they do. And the stories, I have to say to you, are inspiring. Now, there's another 
success for family caregivers. And that's where um, people with significant disabilities actually become their own family caregivers. It's an interesting situation, but um, kind of interviews I've done with people with um, quadriplegic, you know, severe spinal injuries. They, they can't walk, they're in a wheelchair, they're dependent on help. Um, they run their own businesses, um, they, they are their employer, they are their own family caregivers. And that, that's an inspiring story too. Then there's the question of autism. This is a success story in a way. Autism is a baffling disease, and we have to be honest and say that medicine, doctors, drugs, medications really aren't very helpful. But what's being created is an optimism for autism, the sense that education systems of a kind, special services uh, to help these kids make the best of often very considerable talents that they have, um, that's been so successful that it's leading to changes in government policy. That is, more resources are being put into um, the kind of programs that autism, autistic kids need. And it's a very great story, a good success story. Then there's another one. Children with special needs in music therapy. Uh, I mean, we all talk about music. It's important in our lives. But I think the message needs to be got across that there's a real success in the way that music can help children with special needs, make them more calm, bring them together, create a sense of the kids being together, and bringing joy to the lives of the children and of the family caregivers. Now, there's another story of... And this is one I'm very fond of in a particular way, and that is dogs, um, guide, dog guides. When dogs, as I say, make a real difference. And a, a quick story, um, woman, mother of an autistic child with um, it's a flight risk. The child might run across the highway without a moment's warning with terrible consequences. Um, it stopped the family going out together because of that risk until they got this dog, this dog guide, which was trained to act as a kind of tether. And then, said the mum, yeah, we can go out together as a family. I asked, well, what about school? And this is what the mother said. She said, my child, my son, and the dog are both in grade five together. And I think that's a wonderful that's kind of phrase, that's the sort of thing I've heard on this show, which I will remember for the rest of my days, because it tells me that this dog made a real difference to the family, to the school, to the way people saw the child, and all those successes. Then there's another one, um, that is how people with themselves, with serious problems like vision loss, with the help of the families, can actually turn the situation around to the point where they are, and I use the phrase, visibly successful. That is to say they're running their own clinics or they're running their own training agencies and things of that nature. There's another one still that, I, that left me feeling very good, and that is 
dancing and dementia. It's been discovered that for couples where one of the one of the spouses or partners is affected by dementia, that going to dancing classes brings benefit. It brings a sort of happiness. It, the music helps. Now, I interviewed um, on the show a retired firefighter whose wife um, is, has Alzheimer's disease. It's um, very... It's, unfortunately long established and gone a long way and she and he listened to the episode together in which he was speaking and during the episode he told me that um, he and his wife got married a long time ago because they were childhood sweethearts and as the pair of them listened to the episode um, the wife smiled at the mention of childhood sweethearts. So that's the level of emotion, of positive emotion, that I call the sun shining. And so very often I now ask the question, what makes the sun shine for you? And in situations that are tough, sound grim, situations that, um, you know, would perhaps floor people like me, there's something that makes the sun shine and gives that optimism that family caregivers are heroes. They cope. Now, we're getting to the time of the break, so we're going to take it now because, as I always say, we have to pay the rent. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and I'm talking about the things I've learned about family caregiving by hosting the first 50 episodes of this show. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We will be back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Bullies enrage us. In tough economic times, we are motivated by fear, and this causes people to mistreat others. It doesn't just happen to school kids. You'll find it in the workplace, school, and over the Internet. Oftentimes, people feel that they have nobody to turn to or no legal recourse. Don't be enraged. Engage. Tune in to Bullies on Blast with your host, Aunt Delta Dawn. We'll expose bullies and strive to save the lives of those who are being bullied. Listen Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Wielding power, shaping environments and outcomes, and making things happen are all essential characteristics of great leaders. Yet these qualities alone are not enough to ensure your success. In a complex world, how do you decide what's most important to you? In your career, your relationships, your finances, your family, in the world around you, in the whole of your life at large. Dr. Joseph Riggio, the host of Leadership Intuition, says that personal leadership, the desire to take charge of your life, is the key to creating futures that work and building a life worth living. Join Joseph as he reveals the power of uncovering and living your own personal mythology, the key to personal transformation, exquisite performance, and social influence. Learn to look inside and discover your personal mythology and unique leadership style. Go beyond conventional advice and discover your unique success blueprint on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership Intuitions, power, achievement, relationships. 
talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and I'm talking about the things I've learned about family caregiving by hosting the first 50 episodes of this show. Now, I want to talk now about what family caregiving actually involves. And first of all, who are family caregivers? Well, they're obviously family, and that means mothers, fathers, parents, siblings, cousins, extended family all over the place, all over the world, um, and everything that goes together with the the idea of family. But family these days has a very broad interpretation. And I learned that with an episode where we were talking about support for persons living with HIV AIDS. And what became clear is that people with that condition support other people with that condition, and that creates a family. These are people caring for each other, which is exactly what family caregiving is. So I want to say firmly that family caregiving means people who are close to each other caring for each other. It's extremely powerful. Now, another form of family caregiving I learned about is what's called kinship caring and that's where grandparents are caring not for their children but for their grandchildren and that's because something has gone wrong um, with the parents of the grandchildren in such a way that they're no longer able to look after their own children and the responsibility falls back on the grandparents. So these are women and men who have reached the age of retirement, uh, who are now looking after children, who in some circumstances may be suffering from mental health or other disorders that make the responsibility of kinship caring particularly difficult. And what I've found in kinship caring is busy though and occupied though these grandparents are, they've still got time to look back over their shoulders and offer help to other grandparents who are, as it were, struggling just by getting started on this long, hard road of family caregiving. And then there are immigrant families where there are particular particular challenges of distance because the family is all over the place. There's also the question of um, whether they 
are able to navigate the system effectively. Maybe they, there are language problems. Um, maybe they are not sure what they're entitled to. And those kinds of issues that arise and that need more attention. There's much more to the question of who are family caregivers, but those are just some of the things that I've got from, from this particular show. Now, one of the things that family caregiving involves family caregivers being is managers. Uh, they manage the security and safety of the people, the family members they're looking after when they're at home, um, making sure that people don't fall, or if they do fall, they're rescued, making sure that they're not robbed, making sure that there are no fire risks, all that kind of thing will fall on the shoulders of family caregivers as managers. Then there's managing family information, protecting the family information, because unfortunately there are fraudsters around who recognize that a senior perhaps is slipping down into dementia and will present as um, a long-lost relative or somebody from the bank to help them. And that puts not only the senior at risk, but also the family heritage. Then there's the question of advice. Advice comes to family caregivers from all over the place, and sometimes the advice is conflicting, and sometimes it isn't very helpful. So the family caregiver, as the manager, has to manage the advice that's inbound, that's coming in. I've already mentioned making sense of the latest research findings, but the context there is finding the best advice for the family member and therefore the family in the particular circumstances, and that's a, a responsibility that falls on the shoulders of family caregivers. Then, quite different organ and tissue donation. This is where at the end of life, whether of a child or as an adult, there's an opportunity to give a, an organ or a tissue to people whose lives can be saved. And what I've understood from the show is just how important the family caregiver can be in getting the information about this kind of act and guiding and advising the family and the family member on that kind of thing. Then, of course, there's the demands on the family caregiver of actually running a household, keeping the family going, feeding everybody, coping with frequent time-consuming healthcare interactions, and the question of where they get help to manage their lives. And then there are things like Decisions about family homes, family businesses, when the owner or founder is slipping down into some kind of health problem. Those are challenges that come back to family caregivers. Another, another, another aspect of family caregiving is caring for children with grievous incurable illnesses um, where they find themselves doing for the child things that under other circumstances, only a nurse would do. They, as you'll hear me say later, they'll need, they need more instruction, more support, uh, and more help. Then there's the role of the family caregiver with diseases where the body fails. That is, the muscles no longer work, but the mind doesn't fail. 
And that's where the interaction between the family caregiver and the person becomes vital for everybody. Then there's the opposite situation where the body is okay, but the mind isn't functioning well enough. And that then also is a set of responsibilities for family caregiving. And then there's the end of life caring. Um, is it at home? Is it in a hospital, hospice, or similar facility? And there are all those sorts of management things, all those sorts of decisions fall to um, family caregivers, family caregiving. Now, I mentioned family caregivers helping other family caregivers, and that's been something that I've learned particularly. I had no idea about, to be very honest, um, until I began to listen to the things that people were telling me on the show. Um, see, family caregivers want to share their experience. They want to help family caregivers, and they do it through websites, through blogs, by writing articles and books, by fundraising, by volunteering, by neighborliness, and much more. And one of the things that has been particularly striking to me is the way in which um, this is a community helping itself. Um, they work with charitable organizations. They work among themselves. Um, they, are, they volunteer. I hear some most amazing stories. Um, it's not that they're against government or any way. It's that they've learned to do things on their own. They are, that's that spirit of independence, which... As a European, I recognize in North America, that is, people um, in difficult situations rise to the occasion, don't they, by reaching out, not only to help themselves, but to help others. And I've lots of stories uh, about the way in which family caregiving and family caregivers are interacting with each other. And what I would simply say is that um, I think that's one of the most powerful forces that I've come across in healthcare. And I'll just give you one example, and it goes back to the dogs. Um, here was a um, person who lost vision, completely sightless, because of a disease that condition that overtook him. Um, in very early childhood. Um, no, he has no vision at all. His wife uh, is in a wheelchair. Um, they have a child who's perfectly normal, and they have a dog, um, a dog guide to help with the vision. And what, do this, what does this family do? Uh, on a weekend, they go out, walking as a group with the dog, raising funds so that other families, other people in their situation, um, can receive the kind of support um, that they've got from their dog. Now, when I interviewed the people from the Dog Guides Training Center, I asked them, where, do their funding, where does their funding come from? And I got a very, very interesting answer. They told me, we don't get it from government. And they use that kind of tone of voice that you might use with a dog that wasn't altogether behaving itself. But their real message was, 
We are a self-contained community. We support ourselves. We run, arrange um, charitable walks. Um, we care about each other, and the people we help care about us. And there's a lot more like that, a lot more stories, and there's a lot more support that I think can be generated in that kind of community. Now, um, unfortunately, we, I say for myself, it's time for us to take the break once more. Um, this is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and um, I'm talking about the things I've learned about family caregiving by hosting the first 50 episodes of this show. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. I'm coming back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Voice America Variety Channel presents a program like no other for those in the field and interested in the field of security and training. On America's front lines of crime and war with Victory Defense Consulting, hosted by J.J. Sutton and Bill Vanelli. Here, listeners are learning about tactical skills and practices that support efficient, smarter, and more enduring skills. You will receive the most up-to-date information about the security and training industry with detailed discussions and select special guests each week. Tune in to On America's Front Lines of Crime and War. Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to uh, Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and I'm talking about the things I've learned about family caregiving by hosting the first 50 episodes of this show. Now, I want to talk about the particular type of help that's available for family caregivers. First, the associations, and there are a lot of them, that are devoted to particular health conditions and the support groups that they provide. Over and over, I've heard how valuable those support groups are because they convey the essential message 
to the family caregiver, looking after the family member, you're not alone. There are others with you in the same group who experience the same things, and you're supporting each other. Uh, so if that's a piece of advice, it would be take, approach the support groups, the associations. Um, another type of help is from realtors. Now, where they fit into the picture is that, and this is the family home, the family business, which is the family heritage. This is, this is people who've worked hard all their lives, have paid off the mortgage, the home is free and clear, or they've built a business, and now life has changed. Uh, the person who did all of that is no longer able to manage the home, no longer needs the home, no longer able to manage the business, and there has to be a sale of some kind. Now, realtors are professionals, and as a professional, their first responsibility is to the client, and they're actually held to this. And therefore, in these questions of what I call family heritage and family inheritance, professionals such as realtors, there are others who are involved, can provide a great deal of help that's important. Now, there are many, many service providers who work with family caregivers, and out there somewhere is a service provider who understands very well the particular circumstances of a family caregiver with a particular health condition or health challenge. It's just a question of finding them. And I would say that, like many other things in our society, word of mouth is very useful. That is, connecting with people who've been through the experience and asking them what has been helpful. Now, another area of, of challenge where there's help is medications. Medications are a, a sort of blessing and a nightmare all at once. Uh, you know, you, can, you absolutely need them, but on the other hand, they have side effects, and on the other hand, um, you really never know whether you're doing the right thing because medications may interact with each other. Now, physicians are one source of information for family caregivers, obviously, because they write the prescriptions, but also, so also are pharmacists. Pharmacists are experts in drugs, medications, interactions, and things like that. So see the pharmacist as a help in analyzing, if you like, the medications that the family caregiver uh, is basically superintending for, in many situations, of family caregiving. Now, another type of help, uh, very different, Parkinson's disease. The um, society in the U.S. recently uh, negotiated with the Transportation Safety Agency um, the use of a card. It's a kind of you know, a bit like um, an identity card. Why it was needed was that people with Parkinson's disease going to security at an airport um, may not seem to have a healthcare problem, but the problem that they actually have may prevent them from speaking or make them look unusual. 
And there was a case, unfortunately, where somebody with Parkinson's disease uh, and the security people, well, let's just say it didn't work out very well. So um, the association pressured the uh, agency, and now there's a card. Now, it doesn't exempt the person with Parkinson's disease from... um, Um, from the security, but what it does say is, look, this person has a problem, health problem, take it into account, and it seems to be working very well. Now, there's still another, there are a lot of these types of help, and there's sometimes help that um, is a bit sort of partial. Let me explain. Caring for the frail elderly, um, people who are living at home, but um, are, you know, the, the life, um, their life and their ability to live um, is affected by their age and maybe the conditions that go along with age. Now, when something happens and they're not feeling well or there's some kind of, they have a fall <clears throat> or some of the symptoms seem to be getting worse, then there's a ten obvious um, reaction to send them to hospital. This is where the hospital sometimes, and I'm going to say overdo it, that is, um, they put the frail elderly person through all kinds of tests, through all kinds of interventions, and then send them home where nothing much has changed and maybe the routines have been disturbed. And what that points to is something else that's coming out now from the episodes is that some physicians are starting now to think about doing home visits as a way, among other things, of reducing the ways in which frail elderly people are sent to hospital or kept in hospital. Now, still another is the Medic Alert system. This is a type of help. It started by being a kind of call-in service with, with a card or a piece of jewelry with a number for people with severe allergies. Um, now it's evolving into a system where people with all kinds of medical conditions that you know the hospital or the emergency service needs to know about, and the Medic Alert bracelet or information will say, um, here's what the problem is, here's what you should know about. And that's proving to be very successful, and it's evolving into new and interesting things. Then there's training for family caregivers. Every family caregiver I've spoken to says they really weren't prepared, let alone trained for what they were going to um, experience. And so the question is, quick training, get them up to speed on what they need. That, that's something that's very important, and it's growing. Then there's the question of um, what I call palliative care. That is care for people for whom there's no cure, and very often it's the end of life. Um, more and more seniors want to pass their days, their final days at home. And I have to say governments want them to do that as well because it's less costly costly. But what that turns into is the need for help for family caregivers 
who are taking care of family members at the end of their lives and providing the kind of palliative care that otherwise would be provided by an expensive facility. Now, I want to take just a quick word about the influence of family caregivers. And there's a, several important examples of this. First of all, organizations like AARP, that's the American, what used to be called the American Association for Retired Persons and the Canadian equivalent, um, CARP, they they've been taking up the message of more and better support for family caregivers and promoting change in government support, and they've been successful. So it's very important that family caregivers keep raising their voices because there are organizations that can get through to government and make a change. And on the same basis, um, I talked about kinship caring. There's a question of grandparents' rights to, to access children who need their help. And there's been quite a lot of what you might call political activity um, trying to get laws changed on the part to, to give um, grandparents stronger rights in, these, in the sort of circumstances where they can care for um, grandchildren. And there have been some successes there. And that's the voice and influence of family caregivers. Then in the case of schizophrenia, um, the question came up of when the um, diagnosis of schizophrenia should be, as a piece of information, given out and when it shouldn't be. And here was an interview with a mother of 24-year-old daughter with schizophrenia. And she said, and it was very powerful, uh, I want my daughter to live as far as she can independently in the community uh, and therefore I will normally share all the decisions with her. But there are times when she is not well enough to make the decisions for herself, her judgment is impaired, and then I have to do it. And what that came to was that sense that um, we want to respect the autonomy, the decision-making, the freedom of action to the maximum extent possible, but where that there are circumstances where that's not possible, then the family caregiver, rather than the healthcare professional, should be the person to make that kind of decision. And that's a real change in official thinking. Then there's the question of fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, where that, that is caused by um, alcohol taken during pregnancy and it does brain damage to the developing child. There, the, uh, someone, a um, group of people involved as parents have individually and collectively created a huge network through a website um, called FAS Link where this group of people are talking among themselves, sharing knowledge and experience, and actually forming a kind of pressure group to get more and better attention to this, what is, I think, one of the most alarming situations um, that family caregivers have to face. 
And then finally, another way of um, interesting way in which um, family caregivers get voice and influence that I've heard about is there's a lot of book writing and writing of articles. And when authors talk about family caregiving, um, they're either talking from their own experience or um, they're talking about the experience of others uh, where they have been, as I hope I have been, strongly influenced. And so that's a way in which the message gets across to the broad public. Look, family caregiving, family caregiving matters and family caregivers are people who merit more support and deserve your respect. Now, we're into the break time again. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and I'm talking about the things I've learned about family caregiving by hosting the first 50 episodes of this show. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. I will be back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. If you are interested in the special investigation and security industry, be sure to tune in to Urban Warrior Radio. Each week, your host, J.P. Sheets, will discuss topics such as fugitive recovery, skip tracing, high-risk and personal security, and associated training. We encourage you to call into our program and email to find out more. Listen for Urban Warrior Radio, airing live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This show will keep you prepared and informed. Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and I'm talking about the things I've learned about family caregiving by hosting the first 50 episodes of this show. Now, family caregiving, as I often say, is more and more important, not just for families, but for the healthcare systems and society as a whole in North America and beyond. So here's what I'm going to try to do or to do to apply what I've learned to be more helpful to family caregivers and family caregiving. Now, I'm going to have more family caregivers as guests on this show. Family caregivers talk, telling their stories, 
talking about their experiences, talking about the way they help other family caregivers, talking with guests who are experts in health conditions, legal matters, technical things, talking about things that really matter to family caregivers, um, talking about how family caregivers can make sense of the healthcare system and decide when something more than healthcare solutions are needed, talking with other family caregivers who are pushing ahead with solutions to challenges in family caregiving. In short, more from family caregivers to help them speak, get their voices out, get their message across. Now, I'm also going to launch um, uh, a new website um, called Family Caregivers Unite. And this is going to do several things. First of all, it's going to enable family caregivers to share their help, stories, and successes with other family caregivers. And it's going to be really, really, truly interactive. Uh, you can tell <laughs> I get enthusiastic about this because family caregivers will be able to publish their own materials on the website. It won't be stuff that I write or stuff that other so-called experts write, it'll be the material, the information, the experience, the advice, the websites, the blogs of family caregivers who will be on the site. Now, there is also going to be um, information for family caregivers based on links to the family caregiver news magazine and other sources where more information, more articles, more materials are available that are of importance and interest to family caregivers. It's also, this is the website again, it's also going to give family caregivers lists of resources organized by health conditions. Um, it's so often the case that the starting point is the health condition. My, my father uh, has Alzheimer's disease. So let's look up Alzheimer's disease. My child has autism. So let's look up autism. And so by arranging information sources, services, um, the various kinds of um, how can I put this, the various kinds of support services that there are oriented towards the particular conditions. I think that's a good way to arrange this information. And it also, of course, links to um, the experience of family caregivers and what they've done and what they're doing. And it also will link to this show, which is Family Caregivers Talking. Now, it's also going to, and this is still the website, what I call open the door on technology for family caregiving. Um, the technology is kind of things that um, are connected with computers or other pieces of technology which will do jobs of one form or another that are vital for family caregivers. I mean, an obvious one are the systems whereby if somebody, if a senior falls, for example, seniors living by themselves, 
technology in one way or another can provide an alert which um, sends a message by mobile phone, by email or whatever, instant messenger, to the family caregiver to say something's gone wrong. That's a very good example of technology. But there are other interesting and I think important uh, examples of um, technology which need more attention. One of them is um, in connection with autism and to some extent fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. And that's the, an amazing story I heard on, um, again, from one of my guests, which is this, that the particular guest was, he told me, the first person in North America to actually interview on radio an autistic child. And the way it worked was that he, the interviewer, would ask the child a question. The child would type the answer, keyboard the answer into a computer, and then read from the computer screen the answer. And what that speaks to is that the computer was able to close the gap in that child's brain that prevented the child from speaking directly. And so that opens up an enormous benefit to um, potential benefit to many children and adults um, who have these kind of difficulties associated with problems in the brain, in the central nervous system. And then all in all, what I want this website to do that I'm doing is to present information, to prevent, present stories, to present successes, and really to do all the things that um, family caregivers need, family caregivers merit, and also that family caregivers will benefit from, whether it's as individuals or whether as a group in society that's doing fantastic work supporting the healthcare system and supporting society. Now, I am coming to the end of this episode, and so... I just want to say thank you to our listeners, and please do email me with any comments or questions, and I will keep you posted about the way in which the website is going, and I'll keep you posted on all these other things. But in particular, um, I want, please, to ask you um, to send me your suggestions about topics that you would like to hear, and even to propose yourselves or your friends as guests on the show so that I can meet my first criterion, my, my first uh, ambition, which is to make my website the place where you all speak. Now, to family caregivers everywhere, here's my wish. May you all stay strong and may the sun shine for you and the family members you're caring for. And in our next episode, we're going to talk about home visits for physicians, for seniors, and their family caregivers. So please join me, same time, same spot on the Internet. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.